Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. There are times that I come to the readings with a sense of overwhelm, and I look over them and they're familiar. I know I've read about the prophet Isaiah's chapter 6 and he is in front of the throne of God and seeing its majesty and having a conversation with God who speaks to him the voice of the Lord says whom shall I send I know that there are even songs there and I glance over the readings and find connections like Psalm 93 talking about God's majesty and it's like an echo of the reading from Isaiah 6, and then arrive at the gospel of Jesus and find the verses that my heart is able to connect to that day. So today is nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. This secret of speaking in his heart to God becomes an immediate revelation because Isaiah responds, I will go as soon as God says, whom shall we send? In the verses before that, first describe the vision of Isaiah coming to a place where he sees the throne and there's all these seraphims and they have wings covering their eyes and their feet, and they're singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his glory. And I know when in our Mass on Sundays or daily, when we go to Mass, we hear these words repeated at an important part of the Eucharist. So how do I connect all of these thoughts in a way that they relate to my day my heart went to the very unusual description of Isaiah for saying, woe is me, I'm doomed, seeing this throne and this glorious, amazing place. I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. And yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphims, flies to him and holds an ember that had taken with tongs from the altar. So we know that they're, they're kind of super hot flames and touches the mouth and says, now your wickedness is removed. So I was pondering about the idea of developing spiritual lips and spiritual eyes, learning to see how God sees and to speak how God speaks and how that can be so different than our own speech.
Can you remember the last time someone hurt you with their words? What was your reaction? Perhaps you hurt them back. Maybe you were silent. Maybe you reached out to ask them why they said what they said. Maybe you understood the pain in their heart and you had compassion. Maybe you cried. We don't always respond the same way. Personally, if I feel emotionally safe, I can take a deep breath and even feel empathy. I can ask whether it's exteriorly or interiorly. I wonder what happened to them today. I wonder why they responded that way. But other times, if I feel unsafe, maybe I'm overwhelmed or had a really long day or I had something else that was worrisome. And in any of these circumstances, if their words touched an old wound, or maybe I feel so self-righteous, maybe I want to defend myself. But if I feel unsafe in any of these circumstances, I can jump in and say something that sometimes I regret. And don't get me wrong, sometimes when someone says something untrue or really hurtful, establishing a boundary may include saying something like, you have to leave right now. But the exercise of remaining silent is one that I was thinking in contrast with the readiness of action of Isaiah as he sees his unworthiness to, to, to even speak about the glory that he's witnessing in his vision. And whenever I think of being silent, because it's not easy for me, I place myself with Jesus next to Pilate. This was a life and death moment for our Lord, and he chooses to remain silent. So I kind of hold his hand and say, teach me, teach me, because I don't know how to stay silent. In Matthew 10, 24, 33, Jesus tells us today that nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. All our thoughts, all our innermost feelings will be revealed. And internally, over time, we develop eyes that are our spiritual eyes, and we develop them through prayer. We learn to see as God sees, and in this circumstance of somebody saying something hurtful, we are aiming to see as God sees with empathy, extending ourselves, remaining in love, remaining kind, remaining gentle. And those eyes that can see as God sees require that we practice moving to that interior place within us that will allow us to guide our own vision of the moment. When we don't do that and we become rushed and we allow our external eyes to be the main point of reference, the sensorial input can put our brains into overload and we can find ourselves quickly in a state of anxiety. Maybe that's why even when we go to a movie and lots of things are happening and explosions are happening, I close my eyes. There's a layer of safety for me when I keep them open, my heart accelerates and my mind races. I can even scream. So there is a way that even as our exterior world becomes overloading to our system, that we can close our eyes. How do we give ourselves time to plan what to say? We see this with Jesus throughout the scriptures when people are coming and threatening him and attacking him, when they're trying to put him in a compromising situation. Jesus knows how to take deep breaths and take in what's happening and not have a reaction that is too quick. 
And yet we see the prophet Isaiah in the reading today when God says, whom shall I send? Who will go? That he immediately says, here I am, send me. There is then this duality to our spiritual path. One is we have to develop this sense of the interior room, that sense that allows us to connect with God's perspective on things. And it requires patience and training, a slow process of aligning ourselves with God's perspective on things. And then the other one is how to be men and women of action in the world, ready to serve. In this pandemic, we have so many new opportunities to find ways to serve that we would not have thought about before. This podcast is an interesting example of that. I don't think I would have ever thought of it or my son would have ever invited me, mom, just do it. So here I am, knowing that I connect with you because I receive some text messages, some calls, some emails, some ideas, some commentary, some suggestions, and those are so encouraging to me. You can go to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram. I'm slowly figuring out the social media platforms. Facebook is the best one. But in this time of learning how to connect with my own heart, I am finding these awesome connections with some old high school friends in Spain, some college friends that I hadn't spoken to in a long time, and some new people that have shown up on the path willing to entertain what do we do in this time of lockdown when we're becoming simplified, when we are trimming down our activities, refocusing our energy. I hope that you're thinking through it in this summer. We're in July and you can really work on developing a new sense of connection to things that you might have wanted to do before. So this search inside of our hearts, this idea that we go inside of ourselves to find our dreams, our visions, the things that got planted inside of us as desires that move us in the direction of our purpose and our ultimate destiny are important. And I hope you're taking the time to ponder about your purpose, about how to use this time wisely. In uh, the, the church, we celebrate some of the wonderful people that have lived before us and that they have left sort of little, little or big crumbs along the way to guide us. And today, we ponder about Saint Benedict, who was born in the 5th century. And he uh, was Italian and established a rule for monastic life and created a rhythm of prayer and work so that the monks could align their days in, in a way that it flowed and it showed a connection between the worldly life that they had to take care of the place and make food and, and minister to those that came um, with needs and minister to God like the angels. There are these wonderful men and women that decide to leave the world and they set themselves apart in order to worship, to pray like these angels in the reading of the prophet Isaiah. Those of us that have chosen active lives 
find our own little chapels. One of the things that I've missed the most in the pandemic has been my car in an amazing way because I learned to pray in my car, to listen to podcasts. And in the commute, I would find ways to pray. So I've had to reinvent that in the house. And now I'm in a rhythm uh, to do that in the house. So the rhythms of our life are very important. And finding those is helpful as we continue to advance in, in the summer into the fall, because it sounds like the fall is going to be also a time of lockdown, at least for the foreseeable future into uh, November. So we have to find a way to keep our hearts and our minds occupied and aligned. And coming to these readings of the Bible is a way to learn to be the owners of our mind. We have a monkey mind that just moves in every direction. And when mind does go down paths that I know are negative, that are just going to yield negative emotions, I literally say, stop, enough, no more, now, stop. I will stand up. I will motion with my hands, stop, because my mind can just go in circles. All of our minds do that. So we have to learn to guide them. And that kind of whirlpool effect of our mind can be one of the obstacles to actually develop an interior life where we feel almost dizzy, where we close our eyes and we don't know what to think. We don't know what to say. One of the ways that I learned how to maneuver my way into that inner room is to journal, to write, to envision ideas or have conversations with God. I've written letters to God to learn how to speak to him. But know that every step you take to walk in the direction of God, God has already taken so many more to walk in your direction and my direction, that this idea of what Jesus is saying, what I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. So take a deep breath wherever you are right now and feel the words that God is wanting to speak to you and proclaim them. Maybe write them on the Facebook uh, as a Facebook post um, or a message. I would love to communicate and hear um, what your summer is about and how you're using your time and what are the whispers of God in your heart.